Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, how are you? Welcome to episode 79. Yeah, we cannot believe we're at episode 79. Yeah. This is insane. Like, it's insane. It is. (laughs) But if you've just joined us, I'm your host for the show. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. And you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Vangile Makwakwa, on Facebook under Wealthy Money. And with me is my incredible co-host. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Vangile. Thankfully, we are on the same time zone. We are all in Johannesburg now. And yeah, man, I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. I am a property mentor for beginners. I love beginners, right? I love beginners in property investing. Find me on my page, Prop Doc Mom page on Facebook. And on Insta, I am Dr. Miranda underscore Prop Doc Mom. I help you set up your real estate business. Let's register. Let's sit down and work out your strategy. Let's work out how you're going to make money, what sort of deals you buy. I teach you deal analysis and how to find the deal that makes it for you. Mm -hmm. So please hit me up if you want a discovery call. Just say mentorship on one of those platforms. I'll get back to you and we'll set up a 30-minute chat so that you can see. You know how mentorship works then? Not everyone is your person, right? You might like me on the podcast, and then when we're talking on the mentorship, you might find that that's not who you want. I I sense the same with mentees, but I love, love, love my beginners. Mm. So today, not only are we surprised about episode 79, guys, but we've got 50,300 downloads of this podcast. Oh my gosh. And guys, we know that more of you are listening to the podcast. We only have 11 reviews on our iTunes. Please, loving the podcast, please go to wealthy-money.com forward slash iTunes. Check us out on iTunes. And if you're loving the podcast, you're loving the guests that we have out here, please leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you're loving about the podcast. We would love uh, to hear from you and also when you give us a review it becomes easier for us to get all the cool guests that we like right from different parts of the world because we can always brag on how you guys love the podcast and how they can be sure that they are going to be loved as guests because all our guests are always worried like oh my gosh are people going to love us like my story isn't so exciting at times you know that's what they say and hear that you guys just love the guests that there's what you're loving is just the ordinary stories not because people are like sharing like oh my god we've got billions it just it warms their hearts we we literally screenshot your reviews and send them to our guests to say look this is what people are saying about this guest this is all the comments that this other guest got and they get so excited 
Yeah. And even those that haven't started on the podcast on their property investing journey are listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. We are surprised all the time by the stories we get on Instagram and Facebook that people started their property investing journeys because this podcast exists. This is your number one information platform on how to begin with Mm -hmm. all the doubts, with the fears, with the shaky knees and sweaty palms. Come here, come and learn. And today, guys. (laughs) Oh, today we have such an amazing guest for you guys. Juliet Mkagaza. Mkagaza. (laughs) I I messed up. I butchered her name before the podcast. And I was like, what's going on? So now I'm like extra careful about how I'm pronouncing it. Right. I said a name that was completely separate. (laughs) But she's such an incredible human being. In this podcast, you're going to hear everything. Like everything about her property journey from the beginning to how she now owns two multi-lets that are funded by time. So buildings, one is a 12-unit, one is a 10-unit. Oh, my gosh. And also we talk about just our beliefs around the importance of collaboration in uh, property. So excited about that. I mean, no so, you ever know about that one. <laughs> I am telling, yeah, no, I mean, this is this is special, special, special. I and and how do we meet our guests? I met Juliet on Facebook, right? Yeah. And but you know when someone is going to be able to tell your story, she keeps referring to herself as people like us. I love yeah. the fact that she knows that she's ordinary doing extraordinary things. Yeah. But and even she, like every human being, to be honest. That's it. You know, she consoles that exactly, <sighs> exactly, Van, exactly. It's just that most people don't know that in their ordinariness, actually, they are delivering extraordinary, whatever it is. You know, whether or you are the cleaner of this multi or whatever. So you are in for a treat, guys. She is one of uh, tough um customers that means tough has financed her property journey you are about to learn and some mm-hmm. i i don't want to spoil the fun for you just yeah. listen for yourself <laughs> let's, let's do it go. hi juliet welcome to the show thank you awesome so please can you tell us about yourself who are you and what do you do Okay, um, Juliet Mukwagaza, um, um, a South African, and um, I'm a property investor. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally tell people that I've got a virus, which is not COVID. My virus yeah. is property. I've been caught <laughs> by a property bug like nobody's business. So. I love property so much, you know. Um, so I think basically property, it's me. I found, um, you know, they say people have got a calling. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe yeah. a purpose. Me, I found my purpose in property. So um, currently, um, that's the space I'm in. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Hey. Oh, but before then, uh, Juliet, what, what did you do? How did you even come towards property? What did you do? Okay, just to, to give um, 
background. I mean, my, maybe my, my, my background, mm-hmm. um, as you are aware, I'm South African and mm-hmm. I grew up in the location like uh, most black kids in mm-hmm. South Africa. Unfortunately, um, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm, I'm one of those who grew up in the locations or in the rural areas and so on. So didn't um, grow up in the suburbs. So the um, situation is was whereby maybe you've got a forum house. In that mm-hmm. forum house, maybe you um you could be eight, ten or whatever, staying there, mm-hmm. you know, and um within that home trying to survive. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you know the parents would be, you know, go to school, get a good education. And uh, it will open doors for you. And one day you could be somebody and you can have a better life. Mm-hmm. I come from that background. Um, mm-hmm. my, my, my parents were, um, you know, staunch believers in that you must get a good education. As a result, yeah. I managed to get a good education. I, then, mm-hmm. you know, I went into corporate, worked for different mm-hmm. companies. And um, within that space, you know, there's always been, you know, that interest of, of uh, property mm-hmm. within me. And I would say, um, you know, when growing, if you are coming from a poor background, you don't have that beautiful house which your neighbors have. Your parents can only afford um, maybe to make ends meet that, you know, we live from, from day to day, I could say. And um, there is no savings that you can invest or whatever. So as a kid, you find that, you know, we have got this, um, different aspirations. Others, we wish you could be like neighbor so-and-so. Others, you like, ah, we, it's fine. We're happy the way we are. But in my case, I was one of those kids who wished that we can have a better house, a bigger mm. house. And um, I think in that thing of lacking property, even when driving around, you know, maybe you're in a taxi, uh, you'd admire all these big houses. It's worse when you go into town, you know. Uh, I mean, in town, suburbs, you know, the eyes just get so big because you see all these beautiful <laughs> houses. I know. Just I know. A dream, you know, I mean... You, you know how it is like in Soweto. I know, I know. Did you grow up in Soweto, Juliet? Which, yeah, which, yeah we, we used to stay at Dube. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. you grew up in a proper suburb in Soweto. Suburb. Us who came from other townships just thought, Dube people are rich people. Oh, no way. <laughs> I, I think there were those who, who had big, what we call big houses with big windows, and yeah. they like, they've got a garage, you know? <laughs> because we don't even, even affording a garage is like, wow, you know? Did you see mommy so-and-so's house? They put in yeah. big windows because we had all those, you know, those small windows, and they've yeah. got a we don't, we're not talking even about a double garage, just a no. garage. No. <laughs> they are rich. They and, are rich. And, a, and a red stoop that they put sunbeam on. Big windows, <laughs> stoop, 
with red sunbeam eye guys you were made and then come oh, yeah, yeah, no, like <laughs> I, I, I grew up in the village you guys like had a lot of things going on <laughs> i mean even in the village i mean in my in my my situation is that my parents yeah. came from the village you know yeah. so also there you know the mm-hmm. experience i mean um from my, my grandparents they come from Edukwa you know which okay. is like very rural is a farming really? farming area yeah. and then i mean according to the standards in the neighborhood you know um my grandparents were rich you know because they had this big house it was not a rundown you know it was like a brick oh. house solid brick house which look like houses in towns you know yeah. so you, you, you know um and in in the village they're considered to be to be rich but i mean the reality when you see and you 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 i mean coming from a grandparents house going to my parents house you know it we were downscaling in terms of size although oh, it was in town you know yeah. that um, but yeah that is the background i come from and okay. so well, <laughs> all resonate hey especially it does coming from the village and downscaling uh, in the townships i, I always thought like that like misa knows my whole man yeah is that Come on. we have a lot of space in the village so that also explains why people can build because you know you've got like land so you build as you get money you add on you add on until you've got a bigger house but i think in the township you only have so much land as well compared to the suburbs or the villages so you yeah. can't it's very few people that can build those massive houses and when you do yeah. big, build big houses you build a double story yeah. you know I think there's an author there's an African author who writes about it and that's why people came from rural areas and then what became your pride was that red sunbeam stoop in Zelangas <gasps> yeah so I think I think it must be Ubabunda uh, and he writes he writes very well about our history and he writes it in a funny way that the funny things that that you pride yourself with when you come to the township will be a red stoop where you put sunbeam and you've got a little patch like this that you sweep very clean and you've got a nice stove or something and like that and the stop nonsense and oh and then the stop nonsense can late at big window and sunbeam stoop guys it's very important no, yeah. it's traumatic just it think about it so julia tell me when you bought your first property were you buying a roof over your 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 your, your child's head or were you buying property because you are you knew something about real estate investment were you thinking about investment or were you just buying a roof i wasn't thinking about investment i was just buying a house um you know when when you 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 when university you finish you find yeah. that most kids they will be like i want to buy a car i want yeah. to buy this and that you know you want yeah, to look yeah. cool and fit in <laughs> and you, you know yeah so when all my friends were like they want to buy this others they want to wear designer labels and so yes. on yeah me, i didn't want that i wanted to buy a house yeah really so the first thing i did when i got a job 
And a student that could qualify for a bond, I bought a house. Oh, so wow. I had this big house. And um, I mean, obviously, it was big compared to my home. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like upgrading, I mean, buying, you know. And then, but I was coming from, because uh, when I finished, I, um, when I finished university, I stayed, um, I, I moved out of my parents' place because I had to be closer to work. So I stayed in, in, in somebody's back room, you know, where you rent, you know how it is oh. in the location, you rent in a back room and so on. So mm. I was renting them and then um, as time went by, then I decided that um, it's high time now, I can qualify for a bond, then I, I bought my house. So what was interesting, moving from a bedroom into a three-bedroom house, wow. I didn't really have curtains. <laughs> I had curtains for one room. <laughs> so the only place which was my bedroom. The rest of the house, it was newspapers. And then, you know, me and my friends, we call it a Pampirstad, you know, you know, Pampirstad, like <laughs> newspaper city. So we're like, oh, we're going to Pampirstad. Why? It's because as soon as you approach my house, all the windows, it was just newspapers, newspapers. Oh, I couldn't afford curtains. Oh my gosh. So it was this house, empty house, only had my single bed in my bedroom mm -hmm. and my curtains and my clothes mm -hmm. and, you know, my few cooking utensils, pots, and that was it. Mm. So to me, it wasn't in, you know, like an investment decision or what it was just. Yeah. I like property from being a child. You know, I used to growing up, draw buildings, get fascinated by buildings and so on. Oh, so see. for me, it was a logical thing that, you know, I must buy, get a property. So, and, and, and another thing, uh, growing up, one of the things my parents would instill is that you must, as soon, when you start working, you must get a house and get a car. Mm. That's a sense of achievement. You get a house, you get a car. So I didn't get a car, I got a house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. Shame our parents had, at least they had a plan, God of Agiti. Yes, they did. They did. <laughs> And I think that most of us can resonate with that, right? Mm. Like my mom's whole thing was like, you must get a house and pay it off. You know, she didn't care much about cars, but it, like she doesn't care much about cars, but it was like, you must pay off that bond. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's a big thing. I think like our parents are also, they carry a lot of trauma around bonded properties, you know, properties. Yes. Uh, pay debt on so there's so much around that as well um so when you were when you started you got your first property and now what made you think okay i want to go into investing like property can make me money so how did that thought even come about mm -hmm. i think uh, what happened is that um in, in my journey as an employee, you know, I got to move around a lot. So there came a time whereby I had to move away from my house, go to a different town. Oh, and then I, then I had now to rent again. So oh, okay. then I rented out my, my, my house. 
Oh. And then I stayed again. Once again, I was somebody else's car because I rented a garage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so instead of the car that was me, I was staying in that garage. <laughs> then I stayed there. And then I decided that, you know what, um, I think, uh, uh, you know, so you once from Gauteng, sorry, you moved from Gauteng and lived at, at, at which province or which town? No, I, I was still within Gauteng, but in a different area. So it, traveling was costly. So I had okay. to, to come nearer. So that was going to be cheaper, you know. Okay. So... What I did then, um, I stayed there renting out my, my, my house. And then mm. after that, um, then I decided uh, I needed to get my own place. You know, mm. I don't think this renting thing is working for me because sometimes I don't think it's nice to be a tenant. If, if you are used to having your own space, now you mm. have to abide by the rules and so on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and then, then I decided to get a second property. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and oh, before then, before then, the most mm -hmm. interesting thing what happened is that once I, I um, with my first house, what happened is that um, I got a job in, in Clarkstock. So oh. I left. 100 yeah. case from out of Johannesburg, just yeah. to give people a perspective, yeah. So I got a, a, a job in Clarkstock. I worked there. Then I had to rent out my house. And then I worked there for a few months. Mm -hmm. And then I was retrenched. Oh, and then here I am. When you were retrenched, the second property, had you already bought it? No, 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 no. No, before, no. before. Yeah, I'm just... Yeah, before the second one, be the first one. Then I was retrenched. Mm. And then here I am. I've got a With bond, a bond. I don't have a job. And I'm still staying there in Clarkstock looking. I can't go back to my house because there are people renting there. And, and besides, if I go back to my house, how am I going to afford to pay the bond? Yeah. So I decided <laughs> to stay there in Clarkstock. Um, uh, I you know, rented a room from a, a friend who had a flat. Mm. And then in the meantime, I had a tenant in my house. And yeah. then what I was getting from the tenant was paying my bond. Oh, so in that way, I didn't lose my house. Um, I maintained paying my bond, paying the municipality. Yeah. And up until I got a job. Luckily, it didn't take too long. Then I got another job. Then, mm -hmm. then I had to move back to Houting. But okay. now I went to a different part of town. So hence, I had to go back to a room again. I mean, to the garage now and be a car. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed there. Then in the process, whilst I was staying there, I had now to make a decision whether do I still want to stay in this back room mm -hmm. or do I maybe want to buy uh, get myself my own property so mm -hmm. oh before then i i moved i i decided to move from this um bedroom garage. i a townhouse yeah to the, mm -hmm. from this garage it, uh, actually what was frustrating this house had this big dog you know and 
and they will just let it out anytime they feel. And here I am, I'm scared of dogs and, and I have to oh. come in and I'm scared to get here. And, and it used to frustrate me so much. It was, you know, an emotional torture to me, but I cannot say anything because, you know, I mean, I'm renting from these people. So I have to be nice to the dog, hi doggy, so that I can go in, you know? So I decided I've had enough of this to get my own place. Then I got myself um, a townhouse. Uh, I moved up units, then I stayed there. Whilst I was staying there, uh, then I heard that the units were repossessed. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah, so they were going to go on auction. On auction. The units oh. you were renting? Yes. Yeah, she was renting still. Mm. Wow. So now, and then I became aware that the bank was APSA, which was uh, possessing items from the developer, the owner. Okay. Then what I did then, I decided to make an offer and buy the unit in which I was staying. Awesome. Because, yeah, I had two options. It's either if somebody else bought the unit, I'll have to move out. Mm. Or if I, I could afford, then I could keep, you know, the unit. Mm -hmm. So I made an offer at APSA. And then, um, luckily, then uh, I managed to get the bond. Then that's mm -hmm. how I got my second property. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I really, really like that story. So now tell us, now you've got the second property, right? How do you then decide? So you're still renting out the other property, the first property. Was it cash flow positive? It wasn't cash flow, but it was sufficient to cover my bond and mm -hmm. to cover the, the municipality bills. Okay. So really, to me, it wasn't taking, you know, uh, at least I managed to retain the property. Yeah. 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 So I was not making any profit out of it. But you yeah. see, it depends. I mean, it depends on the outlook. What do you want to get? Do you want to make profit yeah. now? Or do you have a mm -hmm. long-term objective? You know, yeah. so in my case, I said, at least at the end of the day, I'll still have the house. When I sell it, I can make something out of it. Unlike mm -hmm. losing the house completely. So if there's someone Absolutely. who can pay the bond for me, why not? Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Let me so, let them stay there. And then I was happy to be a car up to a certain time, up until I could afford another property. And I love and, your attitude, Chris. I, I too. Me it too. <laughs> because uh, you know, in, in, in another terminology, you had bought for appreciation. It wasn't about cash flow mm -hmm. because you at least you also had a job, so you were not needing the cash mm. flow really so you just knew that at some stage maybe when i sell i'll make a profit so you had bought for appreciation and that's and, and, you, and you must remember another thing as well at that time i mean i didn't have no i was not thinking no in terms of making it a business you know because remember now i was schooled that you must own property you know mm. if you have value one day so i didn't you know, look at it that 
you know, it, I can make something out of it, it must cash flow and so on. So as long as I could keep the property, the value appreciates one day when I sell it, I'll make my money, then I was fine. Yeah. That's Make very so important. Much. That's very important. Yeah. yeah. So when you were buying the, the townhouse, now this is property number two, mm. did you have any fears, doubts, challenges? What was that like? Because also you were buying unconventionally just before the, 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 the bank was going to auction a, a property. Mm. How, how did that work? Was it normal process of applying for a mortgage or did you have to attend an auction? How did you buy that? No, um, I had to make it, you know, like almost like normal process whereby oh, okay. I identify who is the responsible person to talk to. Okay. And then and they gave me an email where I could send an offer to purchase. I sent the offer to purchase there, then I waited for uh -huh. the feedback. That was actually one of the frustrating periods because there I'm waiting. I don't know what are they going to say, whether they're going to accept my offer. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, you know, with banks, I mean, they deal with lots of properties. So mm -hmm. sometimes certain things is not urgent. And sometimes maybe um, the owner could save the, the properties. You never know. Mm -hmm. So my frustration was that, is my offer going to be accepted? And then secondly, will I be able to get a second bond? Mm -hmm. Because remember now, I've got a limited amount of cash flow. I've just got a dream of getting another property. Mm -hmm. But where the money is going to come from, I have to borrow the money. So I've already got another bond. So whether the bank will give me a second point, that was also one of the fears that I had. Yes, that you had. Um, but besides that, I still uh, went forward and um, made my offer. And then I just told myself, if I don't get the bond, I'll cross that bridge when I, <laughs> when I get to it. Yeah. And then, then I just proceeded and uh, made my offer. And uh, luckily, it was accepted. And luckily, oh, nice. I managed to get a second bond. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And all of these now are bought in Juliet's name. Yes. Okay. Ah, good okay. point, Lisa. So, yeah. Juliet, I'm still intrigued because, so there's no cash flow positive um, property. And then you've got your second property. But then... Where does this idea, I'm still very interested in like, yes. you know, money in property here. Because we, most people are like, oh, it's because I made the money that now I'm in property, right? So now you get, how did you get the property bag and think, this is my calling and I can make money from this as well? I, I think another thing, um, I don't know, maybe uh, it could have been, I've always been a business-minded person. Probably okay. I, I, saw, I saw an opportunity that if, I mean, if I buy this unit, um, I mean, it's at a giveaway price. This is not an opportunity oh. that I would, even if, if I were to buy it and sell it, I would still make my money because I went yeah. around looking at other uh, units in, 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 in the neighborhood and in other suburbs, mm -hmm. then some were more expensive, actually, and most were more expensive than this one. 
So then, um, besides my fears of whether will I continue affording to pay the bond or what, I just decided, you know what, go for this thing. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know, and at least I would have tried. Unlike uh, having the fear of not trying, because that is the most horrible thing to be scared of trying, because if you are scared of trying, we'll never try anything at all. So I, I decided that, you know what, still, I was not thinking about cash positive. I was just thinking about ownership. I decided instead of paying somebody rental, this thing could have, this rental could be going towards my debt, my bond. So why don't I just own it and then pay at least the bond? Because one day when I sell it, I'll get something. Unlike when I'm renting from somebody, one day when I don't have a job, they will just chuck me out of their property and I'll get nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, the, the motivation of buying is a totally different one again. So mm-hmm. tell me, how do you then move to um, a Zinati that owns a building? How, how, how did that happen? Was it a planned move this time? Or was it also by accident? No, it wasn't by accident. I think, um, you know, having been in corporate, I decided that I'm tired of corporate. I want to go and start my own business and so on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I chase different types of businesses. If they say you are doing this, you selling stationery, I would also be selling stationery because I hear you are making money. If they say you are doing catering, I was like, oh, okay. She's doing uh, catering. Is she making money? Oh, she's driving a beautiful car. Then she must be making money. Then I'm also doing catering. This is like, you are literally an example of what I caution against in my teachings, Miss will tell you. <laughs> That's why she's laughing so much. I'm finished, oh. I'm finished. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about, Juliet. So the entrepreneur in you is restless. That's what you're doing. So yes. Vanille doesn't like us, but, but that's what happens, Vanille. It's just the restlessness of an entrepreneur. Please understand. Yeah. But now... In the process, what was happening is that I was not focused, you know, I was just looking for something which can make me money. And then, um, you know, I kept on thinking all the time, you, you know, in, in all this hustling that I was doing, because I call myself a hustler, that I'm a hustler, you know, and uh, um, even my favorite slogan is that was I tolerant and you you know, I was plenty mm. Kony, you must go out there and hustle, you know, uh, if you want to put oh a, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So in my process of hustling, there's something that keeps on kept on coming back, that property thing that but you know, because I was looking for uh, uh, you know my purpose, I didn't know what whether what what my passion was. Mm. And, and, and here I am chasing every, you know, the things that other people are doing, their passion, and, and they succeed. And I get frustrated there, 
Then I said, ah, no, they succeed because they've got connections. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. And they don't have connections. Like, you don't have focus. B, it's not your thing. Like, I can, I won't, like, I know catering is not my thing. I love food, but I don't think I would ever make money in catering. Listen. I make my my whole stock. (laughs) Listen, what you must understand here is that here I am, I'm from corporate. I'm used Mm. to earning a salary. Mm-hmm. And then you get out there, things are not by the book, you know. So mm-hmm. you're like shown in the deep end, you have to swim. So mm-hmm. now, typically, like when you throw a child into the pool and they don't know how to swim, they grab at everything. So that's exactly yeah. what I was doing. I was just trying to survive, grabbing at different things and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then in the process, and you know, I used to pray to God, God, please help me, show me what, what my passion is, because I end up getting frustrated with all these things that I'm pursuing. Some they work, some they don't work. Uh, sometimes I partner with people, then we fight when there is money. Hey, people with money are oh, very dangerous. <laughs> don't say that. We are wealthy ones here. Yes. Okay. Right? Wow, this sounds very dramatic around the money thing. <laughs> money is something else. Um, you can be best friends, but when there is money, you see another side of a person which you didn't know, and you're like, you know, is this the same person I know? I think it's because maybe the outlook uh, is not the same. Some other people think when they get money, they must spend it. Others think when they've got money, they must reinvest in the business. So we don't see things. Yeah. Why you have contracts up front, right? You have mm. agreements that when we get money and this is, this is what we're going to do with the money, mm. right? Mm. I do business with my family, actually. And people are always shocked how that happens. And I'm just like, you just have agreements up front with people that this is then like you don't argue and fight the person you're arguing mm. with the agreement in place and like mm. cannot be like oh okay you see this is the agreement end of story go figure yourself out if you want money and you want to take out money out of the business yes yes mm. but you see the thing is if you are not schooled in that way normally what we would do you look at um, relation, uh, uh, you know, you just assume because you are good friends, you can be good business partners. And because um, you you get along very well, you assume that you get along very well in business as well. Whereas it, it's, it's not really like that. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, to come back to your question, So I decided that, you know, I think what I need to do is to focus, I think property is where I want to be. Then I identified a building that was in Alice um, and I was thinking in terms of student accommodation. So, yeah, Alice in the Eastern Cape. Okay. So uh, I saw there was this building which was for sale and uh, I was very excited. Then I went and um, I made an offer. And then, then because I've heard of TAF, then I went and approached TAF for funding. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing, by then I had, uh, when I tried to speak to the banks, firstly, the banks wouldn't lend me money anymore because I had reached my ceiling. Yeah, as Juliet. Yeah, so I reached my ceiling. So now it's tough. We can't because uh, the affordability issue was, uh, you know, was there that I won't be able to afford. So, but anyway, um, then I decided that it's fine. Then I I looked for other potential funders. Then I heard of TAF, then I approached TAF. When I approached TAF, um, I told them about the building and they were not interested. Mm. Why, was it because it's in the Eastern Cape or? not necessarily because it's in the Eastern Cape, it is because of the area. They said to me, if it was in the metropolitan area, maybe your East London, Port Elizabeth, they would fund it because their mandate, they fund in specific areas. In a city. Yeah, yeah. So they don't just fund. I, uh, I made it my homework to convince them. I tried to convince them. I tried this way and that way and that showing them what potential is there, what mistake they are doing. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did my research and went to several meetings. I said, Juliet, we hear you. Brilliant idea, but unfortunately, the location is not right. If it was in a different area, we'll let you find you in Cape Town, Johannesburg, Port Elizabeth, and East London. We would find you, Devon, we would find you. Yeah. Then there I was with my disappointment. Uh, I left. I lost that property. And then, um, unfortunately, like I said, the virus is already in there in me. So <laughs> a couple of months later, I think about a year or so, I saw mm-hmm. another building. Then I, it was in Gauteng this time. Then mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I saw the building in Gauteng. Now I'm going to approach TAF. And yeah. this time they can't find me because it's in, it's in Alice. Let's see if they find me this time. I went. So this, so this building is where he is, is in Boise. town. Oh, in, in Boise. Boise. Yeah. 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 Then I went. So, mm-hmm. I so I was just going to say, so Boisens is just on the scheme of town. So just as you leave Johannesburg town, it is, as, yeah, it is right there. Oh, yeah, there. I see you where Boisens is. There yeah. are those lovely buildings that used to be industrial and factories. Absolutely. My mother used to yeah, work I grew up in the south of, of uh, Joburg. So Johannesburg. We to school. We Very good. Yeah. It's easy for people to travel into town. They only use mm. one taxi and it's on a mm. taxi. It's amazing. It's an amazing location. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so then after that, that. <laughs> so then what I did, then I approached TAF um, with, um, you know, with this request for funding. And I showed them I already got an OTP, which has been accepted. So could they please find me? Mm. So the people who who handled my application was Mr. Linda Totwana and Justine Pillay. And then the ones who helped me. Oh, what a wonderful team. Yeah. 
I yeah. uh, was helpful. You know, uh, they took me through the whole process of applying. They did uh, the due diligence, screening, everything. You know, tough since they are a character funder. They yeah. asked everything, everything, even how my dog, if I've got a dog. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway. <laughs> Long story short, then um, they ended up finding me, but obviously I had to have a, a vehicle that I was going to use to own this property, which now was not in my personal capacity, but in a business vehicle yeah. because they don't fund, uh, um, they, they recommend that it must be a business, not a personal capacity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, that's how I got to own my second property. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so a uh, third property, right? Because you mm -hmm. had two properties already. I mean, the third property, yeah. Mm. So I would say tough just allowed me to, to dream beyond my limitations because already I had reached my ceiling. So now, what a pleasure when I met them, they didn't consider the fact that, you, you know, I've reached the, the, the ceiling of, 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 of getting a bond. You know, they just looked at the project and they whether it's viability and that they were willing to find me. So, which, which was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. So, um, Juliet, my next question for you is, um, can you please tell us a little about the building itself? Because we know that with Tuck, you need to raise the 20% for the mm -hmm. How much was that 20%? How did you raise it? Did you, uh, where did you get your money from? Did you get other investors on board? Did you uh, refinance a property? How did that go? Awesome. Um, yes. No, maybe um, I was complimenting uh, the question. <laughs> I had a piece of land that I owned that was in Pretoria, mm -hmm. um, which I had a beautiful piece of land. The plan was that one day when I've got money, I would build, I'll subdivide and build maybe three units or two units, whatever, you know, um, the zoning would allow. But um, when then, obviously the land was sitting there, I didn't have money to develop the land. Right. So what I decided then, when, when I had to raise the 20%, I decided then rather, instead of sitting with the land, rather sell the land and then take that and, and, and for my 20%, which is what I did. Mm. 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 So Judy, why the wisdom of selling the land and opting rather to buy the building? Was it because there's, there's going to be immediate um, cash flow and you do not have money for development? What was the thinking there? I, th I think the thinking was precisely the issue that um, here I would be investing in a property which would be able to generate money. Okay. Um, immediately. And there I'm sitting with the land whereby I don't know when will I ever have money to build it. And then because the property was in an upmarket area, they also the, the rates were killing me. 
So, uh, you know, with undeveloped land, the rates are very, very expensive. So, in essence, um, the piece of land was draining me, but I loved that land and I thought that, you know, um, hang on it, one day you'll have money and build a nice, beautiful house. You know, then you can sell one and keep one for yourself. But I realized that, you know, sometimes dreams are dreams and reality is reality. <laughs> so, you know, there's a time when you have to separate between dreams and reality. So that is what I had because that one was more often an emotional attachment to the piece of land. And then now I had to, because now I was growing as a property uh, investor, that certain things, I mustn't take them in emotional, I must, you know, take them, you know, like business decisions, you know, and, and look at the financial side of things. So, which is what I did. I decided rather let go of this property. Yes, it's beautiful. We like it. That's all good. But unfortunately, it's not generating any income. So, income. therefore, I sold it. Then I made I got that twenty percent. Mm. Awesome, awesome, okay. awesome. Sense. That's such an important issue. You raised three important questions there. So, yeah. thanks for that. Thank um, so. Juliet, so tell us about the building. Um, so the building has got multiple tenants, I would imagine. How do you even make sure that you get your money out of that building? How do you manage a multi-let? How many tenants, by the way, have, has it got plus minus? The, the building is, is has got 12 units. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's two bedroom units. Mm -hmm. And then um, how I manage it, um, the requirement with TAF is that you must um, sign an agreement with a managing agent to yeah. manage the building. Yeah. Okay. So of which I did, I signed mm -hmm. the, the agreement. But mm -hmm. besides over and above that, mm -hmm. I make it my responsibility that I manage the agent I know, gosh. So managing the agent, which means that I don't just assume when the statements come and I become happy that the money has come in, I've paid my bond. I want to know each and every money sent that comes in and sent that goes out. Absolutely. And then payments are made, why are they made? And another thing, I also make my responsibility to make sure that I visit the property to okay. see how things are, because most of the properties, they get hijacked by not going to, uh, you know, some owners rely too much on their, um, property on their caretakers. And then the next thing you find that the, the people now, the loyal to the caretaker, not to the owner, the caretaker maybe ends up hijacking the building. Mm -hmm. So I, I make sure that the caretaker firstly, uh, I, I, talk with the caretaker on almost on a weekly basis, then I make sure that at least maybe twice a month, uh, I go to the building, if not twice, then at least once a month I must go and see what's happening there and not just assume what, you know, if they tell me and take it for granted, if they say to me, this and this is not working, mm -hmm. then I would say, no, it's fine, it's not working, what's wrong with that? Uh, give me a report. Then after that, I go and see for myself if it's like okay. that, you know, before I can just approve. 
Sure. You know, guys, just one sec. I think my battery is low. Can I just put in the a charger? Yes, oh, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, Juliet, my next question before you had to fix the battery situation was um, about how many, how much are you renting the units out for? If you don't mind, we usually like to ask about cash flow. You don't. Um, have to tell us everything, but if you can tell us how much the standard rental in the area is. Yeah, I mean the standard rental they they, they differ obviously um, because of sizes. I mean it's mm-hmm. around four point five, four point eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously that will be excluding your electricity and water and so on. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Are you? Uh, do the tenants pay water and electricity? Do you have prepaid meters? Yes, I've you... got prepaid meters, okay. electricity, prepaid, uh, and and also water. It's okay. advisable to have that. Um, yeah. Other otherwise, you sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna make a loss from that, right? Like, that's oh that's true. That is that's such such an awesome. So, have you, you know, I, I love the question on 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 property management, um, Juliet. The other person, have you got a local caretaker, or you rely only on the property management company? Have they allocated a caretaker for your particular building, or how do how how have they managed that? No, remember now, um, uh, uh, the caretaker, I've got my, the caretaker myself. Okay. I, I, I prefer to choose people, uh, um, I, I prefer to choose by myself the, the person who's going to, I don't want somebody who is imposed on me. The only mm. thing what I do then, I would introduce the caretaker to the managing agent because then um, the managing agent has to, um, to 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 work with the caretaker, you know, if they want yeah. to ask questions, and 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 the, the person who's there would be the caretaker. So Absolutely. yeah, so what I do first, um, I, I choose, I get my own people, and 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 then I, I become in control. They know who's boss. It's me. Yeah. 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 No, but that's 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 such an important thing. So tell me, from this multi-led, has it led you to other multi-leds? Have you become braver or what's happened to you? Me, I'm very brave. I think big. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so big. My limitation is money. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, um, I, I dream big. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm at a stage whereby you know I, I don't believe in procrastination and just dreaming and dreaming forever. I've yeah. passed that stage. I feel dream and take action because if you dream and don't take action, uh, you know your dreams will only be dreams. You know yeah. I don't want to be in a situation telling my grandchildren that you know one day I wanted to have a big building. No. I went when I reached that stage to say, you know, grandma one day had such buildings, you know. Yeah. So I dream big. Um, therefore, um, and having uh, people like Taf who mm. are open to funding people like me, 
mm-hmm. then um, you know. So dreaming, I mean, there's no limits in 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 my dream. So what I did, I went ahead. I got myself another property. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, I've got another building which has got um, ten units. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, but then those ones, what I'm doing, the letting is slightly different from the other in the wow. sense that that one, I'm, I'm letting them out as, as rooms, not as, which means a unit, I'll make it like a commune. So, oh, I see. yeah, yeah, okay. so, yeah. So, which wow. I found also, you look in the area, you know, what works in that area, like for an example, in that area, um, that's what is in demand. The rooms are more in demand than than you know the complete uh, flat. Okay. So that is why, yeah, I did it like that. So it works, and and that means you have got a buffer of many tenants. Um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. works. I mean, um, the only disadvantage is that it, it's a lot of admin work. So okay. for an example, if you had had maybe ten tenants to deal with and now you'd have maybe say maybe about 30 tenants so yeah but if you've got a managing agent to do the work for you why not yeah absolutely so this sounds like it's in the inner city um uh because i'm noticing that in berea with one property with the one property that i have there it's uh people want to rent per room they don't mm-hmm. want to rent in with the full apartment. So where's the property located, if you don't mind us asking? <laughs> it's in Kruger's door. Oh, yeah. Kruger's door. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and Stop is a little city on its own, surrounded mm-hmm. by oh yeah, next to Rodeport. So there is some demand there because some people work in Rodeport. And mm-hmm. Most people traveled into town, into Johannesburg inner city very easily too. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Juliet, you spoke about how tough had helped you through the process of buying. Are there, are, are there any other people in your tribe that have helped, and you've spoken about the managing agent, are there any other people in your tribe that make you stay in real estate and and make your life easier that you can tell us about okay i think before uh what i can just um add is that still within tough is that tough they offered a training program mm. which is um a, a, a training program about um property entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh which they offer to the you know, their candidates or their clients to make them to to have more skills and knowledge about property investment and development. So I was one of the fortunate people who were offered um, that training. The training is, um, I think it's facilitated by uh, Mr. Henry Chitsulu and then, uh, yeah, and the uh, professor mm-hmm. at Francois Verley from UCT, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's endorsed by UCT as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I was fortunate to be part of that. That helped as well because um, broadening my knowledge in terms of you know other things which in property um, I didn't know. 
So, mm-hmm. and then besides that, um, also uh, I would say I, I like one of the people like uh, Mr. Henry, I, I actually said to him, he is my mentor because I want to learn because he has got quite a lot of wealth of knowledge in terms of um, property. So he's one of the people I would say is part of my tribe whereby I can ask if, you know, there's something that I want to bounce off, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then um, also real um, estate agents. Um, yeah. They come in very, very handy, yeah. especially in terms of knowing, the, um, getting to know what is out there in the market. Say, for an example, um, I mean, I've got people, I mean, like two agents, uh, which I know um, that they scout for me if there is any buildings that are out there uh, yeah. available. So yeah. if they find something, they'll tell me, hey, there's something like this. Are you interested? Do you want to have a look? You know, like so that. that I wouldn't have known had I not established a relationship with them. And also, on the other hand, if I see maybe I pass, I see a vacant building, then I'm able to, to phone one of them, say, hey, I see this building in such and such an area. Can you check for me what's happening there? Is it available? Is it for sale? And, and so on. So, um, yeah, which is, I mean, currently there is a property that I'm interested in. And yeah. this property, uh, there are issue, municipality issues. Uh, and which are affecting the selling price. So agent, because I want to buy less, the seller wants to sell higher because of the issue of he has got this debt. And I've got this wonderful agent now, uh, uh, um, Erica, uh, uh, assisting me, you know, for Mm -hmm. me and the, 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 the the seller to try and see if the municipality can bring the bill down down because if the municipality brings the bill down then you know the seller will be more negotiable in terms of bringing the price down absolutely so, so that wouldn't have been possible if the uh, you know I didn't have the relationship like that and then also with um you know lawyers as well like your conveyances they also come in handy as well very yeah, yeah. so um you know, I mean, there are certain things like currently with my Kruger stock building, there is an issue whereby um, the conveyance, the conveyances, what they did, because the units are sectional titled units, they transferred oh. all the units, but they didn't transfer the body corporate account. Ah. Account. Okay. Yeah. And you are the body corporate yourself most now. Yes. So now, which means what they were supposed to do, they were to transfer all the units and the main account because the, the property is bought by one person. But they, didn't mm-hmm. it. they transferred this. Then the next thing, I get a bill, a huge bill that I owe 148000 the municipality. You. And I mean, I'm shocked. How can I be? It's only been two months I've been in this building and, and, and so on. And then now everybody is trying to say they are not at fault, no, you know, passing the buck and so on. But unfortunately, that situation affects me in the sense that here I am, I've got tenants, and the municipality tells me that they can come and switch off at any time because I owe. 
and the municipality cannot open a new account for me because that oh, one is still owing. So now in this situation, then that's where now I pulled on God help. I've got now a, a, a lawyer who's assisting me in that regard to try and, and solve that matter. So because if I'm doing it on my own, there is no progress in terms of uh, getting the issue solved. But, you know, now if you have got other people within your tribe to help, it tends to speed up the process. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Awesome. This is such an important thing to raise, man. Yeah. So... But I tell you what I've learned, my, 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 what I've learned from this transaction is that you need to pay attention to detail. You shouldn't just assume. Yeah. Because, um, the, the, the lawyers, I mean, I assume that they should have known that they should have done all of that. But now I know in future, going to a transaction which has got sectional titles, I'm going to make sure that all the units are transferred and the body corporate account is transferred. I yeah. But you see, because I didn't know then, then I just assumed everything is fine. Yeah, the, I also didn't know about the transfer of the body corporate account. Oh no, the body corporate is a is a is a is a is a, is a whole thing, guys. We actually need to get someone on to talk to us about sectional titles for this podcast mm -hmm. because that is such an important thing you've just raised up just made a note it is so incredibly important. I like I like your network um uh, uh, um <laughs> Juliet. Um I am rather on the side of saying, you know, there's something that you spoke about, a tough, about the training, right? Mm. When you talk about the training, um, you said tough also lends people like me. You are mm. talking about a person like yourself who doesn't have a corporate job. Mm. What would you say TAF teaches about its financing. Why is the financing model of TAF something that really consoles you and 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 massages your heart, Juliet? I keep talking about it, but I'm too passionate about it. Just explain to our listeners who are listening why you think TAF is such a good model of financing. What makes it stand out? You know, I, I think TAF is a wonderful organization. Honestly, um, and uh, I, I'm very happy that, you know, I got to know of the organization. Um, when I say they lend money to people like me, is mm. that your normal commercial banks, if you are going to borrow money, you must have a balance sheet. Mm. And uh, they've got, you, you, you know, all the, the requirements are very stringent in terms of to qualify for for a loan more especially if you are not working it's easier when you are working to get a bond but if you're yeah. not working it's a bit difficult yeah yeah and then and also i say for an example if you have got historical debt you are a bad payer and so on the banks won't touch you of course Okay, tough, they will touch you. Mm. But you should, they should see that you are a rehabilitated person. You are a bad payer 
<laughs> you went through rehab, you are now fine. You've paid yeah. all your debts. We've got proof that all the debts have been paid. Now you're on a, a, a good track record. And therefore, they will lend money. How many organizations would do that? Mm. And then secondly, the fact that um, you don't have that um, big balance sheet, they're still, even if you come with a project which is very high, they'll still consider you. And then they've got this other, is it like mass standing, which they can yeah. look at in terms of maybe assisting in the 20%. Yeah. Know? So, and, and that's why they call themselves that they're a character funder. They don't fund you based on your balance sheet. They fund you based on your character. That Do you have what it takes to succeed as a, a property entrepreneur or not? So if they think that you've got what it takes, then they will support you. And I mean, mm -hmm. what's also nice is that they don't only give you support with funding, they give you also the tools to succeed. I mean, yeah. that training they give you, you know, very few organizations uh, do that. So yeah. I, I, I really think people who are aspiring property um, investors, they must approach tough. I mean, they mustn't be skeptical, uh, uh, that uh, it's only for certain people is yeah. not. And yeah. I used to think like that as well. I'm one of those people who was very skeptical who wouldn't approach any government organization or any other yeah. non-commercial funder for funding because I always thought that they fund their friends and so on because they've got connections. Yeah. I mean, I approach tough with no connections, not knowing anybody, I don't know Linda, I don't know Justine. I only got to know them when I came to submit you my application. Yeah. I am so with you there. And I mean, finance houses as, as a rule, we are so scared of them. And 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 Vanilla teaches a lot about money and money trauma. I just find that banks have traumatized me over the years, Nina. You know, yeah. and at tough, when you walk in, you feel almost at home because they want the entrepreneur, the property entrepreneur to succeed. So they take you in. It's like, oh, you, you didn't register a company. This is where you register a company. Oh, you don't have a conveyance lawyer. No, this is a conveyance lawyer you're going to use. They almost direct you step by step to an architect, to a QS, to anything. And I just find that it's so impersonal walking into banks and people who speak finance. You must know I'm, I don't have a financial background. I just find they are so inhibited. They'll talk about the loan to value, cap rate, and already you are overwhelmed. You are scared. Mm. How do you buy a building and you don't have a job? Yes. You, are, you are already scared. They don't understand that. The minute they say, and what's the loan to value? So what's the rate, the return on investment? They've already shut you down, mm. you know? you already feel useless and uh, you can't start. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so, so I, I, I really like, I like what you say about tough. yeah. It embraces- And, and, and other, maybe another thing to just to add on, um, Mizo, mm -hmm. is that there, there are certain things which we cannot run away from, um, which um, has to do mostly with our history. In the yeah. sense that, um, you, you know, most black people, 
we, I don't, I don't know maybe the commercial, uh, uh, some of the financial houses, they, I don't know what's the right way to use. Uh, maybe we don't come across as um, clients who have got potential and so on. So it's though when you approach them, you, you approach from a negative you have yeah. to prove yourself, yourself. and justify yeah. and justify why you need to get funding, you know, and why do you think it will succeed and end, you know. Uh, 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 unfortunately, um, these are some of, uh, uh, I think, the legacy of our past, but um, uh, with tough, you are on a plain level. Whether you black, pink, yellow, purple, it That's doesn't right. matter. Absolutely. You know, all oh they're looking God. at is at the project, and they look at you as a person. Do you do you have what it takes? And then they fund you, yeah. and then obviously they take your project, present it to a credit committee, and then um, if the credit committee is happy, then you get the funding. Mm-hmm. You know, so and what I also like is that. Um, when they don't fund your project, they'll give you reasons why they can't fund it, you know? Thank you. They mm. engage you. They engage you. Like, I mean, with my first application, the one I said for Alice, they didn't just say, no, your application was not successful. Exactly. Yeah. They explained yeah. it is not successful because the location is not right, you know? And then besides the location, it is also overpriced. So it won't be a viable project. Uh, and no matter what I said, but they said, we hear you, but here are the numbers. What are you <laughs> talking about? I'm like, don't tell me about numbers. You know, like sometimes <laughs> you become very emotional, <laughs> which is another thing which I've learned in property that um, uh, you must uh, not be an emotional buyer because sometimes you can make big mistakes. Because Absolutely. then I could have made a huge mistake because I was very emotional about it. And, um, and but they said, we hear you, it's fine, but here are the numbers. Let's show you just at face value, the numbers, <laughs> you know, and the location. However, should you come back with another project in a different area, which is the right location, we'll definitely look at your Absolutely. And which they Absolutely. did and ended up funding me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we do it. It's like it sounds like we are doing the, the money magic course here, whether Juliet, I'm telling you. This is <laughs> <laughs> like my <laughs> she kills me. Ah, these people kill us me. So they'll just say no. And you feel rejected as if, you know, you got dumped by this lovable boyfriend. You, you, it, it is so traumatic, really. Yeah, it is. It is. And, 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 and sometimes you find that there's also an issue of, you know, um, they say image goes a long way. Sometimes yeah. people, they just judge you and see, ah, ah, this one. Does, does she think she can own a building? <laughs> she yeah, must be joking. You know, all those things already, as soon as people have that perception, then you find that even by the time the conversation starts, it starts on a negative, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then once you had maybe your first uh, uh, um, 
a meeting or an encounter like that, being an aspiring property investor and you get snapped like that, you'll be scared to go try again. You'll try maybe one or two people. And then after that, your dream is killed, you know? Yeah. 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 So, but I'm saying to property people who are aspiring property investors, those dream killers, leave them and go to organizations like TAF, who are not dream killers, but who are, you know what, dream supporters who want to make I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. Because you, banks are traumatic, but also what I find very fascinating about the banking industry is if they didn't work on that exclusivity and that judgment as you're talking about, Juliet, they would make so much money. If they took I think the so. time to sit someone down and say, this is why you didn't qualify. But if you go for six months and we put you through a program where you increase your credit record, or where you improve your credit record and your credit score, and you come back and you do all these things, you would actually be able to come back and apply for a loan. They could mm-hmm. literally create their own clientele. You know, instead they work from the space of excluding people and traumatizing people until people don't even want to go to them for loans or anything. This is why we have huge uh, situations where most of our community members are with Abo Amashonisa, you know, and the money is going to um, Abo Amashonisa instead of going to the bank. Yes. could actually be taking that money. So I have so much, I feel very hurt by what the banking industry does to just ordinary human beings. Mm. They add so much to yeah. the trauma of yeah. our people with around money. They the are trauma. part of our scars when it comes to money. Absolutely. You know? And what I don't understand. They are. They are. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Yes. But what, what I don't understand yes, is that why it has to be so difficult because, I mean, you know, if they look at the project itself, does it have potential? Can it manage to, to repay the bond and, 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 you know, and, and, and because I think that's what TAF does. That's what TAF does. Yeah. What but what's does. also interesting is that once you have established yourself, through your TAFs and other organizations. They come and want to give you money. They want to give you money. (laughs) But that's the thing. That's what I feel like. There's a kind of, I don't know, that for me seems icky. It's like that friend that doesn't want you when you don't have anything. But when you have something, they now want to be around you. So basically, like, if the project starts to fail, the banks are the first that will be like, you're we're not going to work with you. Whereas TAF will sit down with you and say, let's see, how do we find a solution to this? How do we make it succeed? Whereas the banks are like, now we want our money and we want to pull out. So they are literally only in it if times are good. They're not for us as people. That is highly traumatic because there's so much pressure then on, that's why we have the pressure to always look good to always look like we have it together financially because when we don't not just mm. from our families but also from the banks from right? the banks so i was just gonna say mm. really uncomfortable situation in a developing country because we're not a fully 
We're um, not. Like we don't have a huge middle class, but it then creates this insane pressure which adds to our money trauma. Yeah, yeah but they love us in debt. So I was going to say I wow. am mentoring two people through just financing of their properties. One of them is almost disgruntled. She wants to leave South Africa because she only knew of banks. Yeah. And the banks have said no, all four of them. And no one gives you a second sentence mm -hmm. to say, no, we have declined your application because... But come here, let's show you how we can finance you in three months' time or six months' time. Really, is that working with a country, a developing country? They yeah. really, it almost tone deaf to yeah. what, to where we are coming from. Where yeah. are we supposed to begin from anyway? But now you're talking about someone who actually has got money that's locked in assets but they don't see that so for me it's like i i you know there's no other way for it but trauma it's mm -hmm. not a, a rejection of an application they don't understand mm -hmm. it's a character assassination it it destroys your worth it destroys mm -hmm. so many things and dream killing and the minute you are your dream is killed it's mm -hmm. dead what 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 else is left of you you know so anywho i'm full you guys I well. We even went on my favorite topic that Misa knows, which is the bank. This is the thing. <laughs> trauma. Like this is one of my biggest passions. Not because I'm anti the banking system, but because I'm anti the way that humans are not treated as human beings. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for that, Juliet. I got to air my frustration on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find an opening to do that if I'm truly honest guys <laughs> yeah, I know I know but 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 it makes you understand a little bit more why people don't begin in in, in property yeah. investing then so it is totally relevant for for this podcast it's not just mm -hmm. something on the side and I also think another thing as well um which also is a, a problem. I don't know for other races, but I know for especially black people, you find that that thing of um, maybe borrowing from family and borrowing other money, you know, to maybe buy property, like clubbing together to mm. buy a property and so on. We some of us we still not into that i don't know maybe also whether our past has got anything to do with that or or, or what could be the issues because that's another way of uh, of being able to buy a property quicker you know and 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 um, avoiding paying lots of uh, interest whereby maybe you are a family of five you club together you buy a property you know like a mini stock fell thing you know mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. So no, I'm in agreement with you, Juliet. Totally. I, you're, you're Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Mm, no. That's a so, story. That's another podcast for another day. I'm telling so, you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm on so, about I'm on that. I'm on that mission. That's like my pet love right now. Mizo knows it. I'm like about that. <laughs> She is such an active, she is a money activist, if I have to call her anything. Yeah. 
actually, actually, you've got Anything your title for wrong. me that cuts out the bags. I'm not gonna lie about this, guys. Like, this is just who I am. Like, anything yes. that cuts out the bags, I'm about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's. So let's move on to the next segment, guys. This has been so awesome. But next it segment is. coming up. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to Magical Feedback. I'm getting my notes and I'm going to let Misa start us off. Oh my gosh. Which one should I choose? Because they are 11 to 11. They are exactly 11 to 11. Okay, let me start with this one about being a tenant. My takeaway number one is about being a tenant. Remember how Juliet describes how she didn't like being a tenant because there was a big dog at one of the places and she was the car because she lived in a garage. (laughs) So, So our thing... My thing about about providing affordable housing is that it needs to be dignified, number one. Number Mm -hmm. two, it needs to be considerate of the other people, right? There's no problem with having a dog. You can let your tenants know that this is a Mm dog-friendly commune that you are going to live in so that you can expect dog poo and a dog and, and all sorts of things. So I think being a tenant can be such a challenge, but the sensitivity is about also the landlord, what mm-hmm. you put out for your tenants. Don't just mm-hmm. assume that everyone must take on to your big dog. So I think it's a very, very important lesson in property management. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, but uh, she did say that she didn't want to tell the landlord that um, she was scared yeah. of dogs because she felt like, oh, she's renting there. But I also think that's the thing. It's like if you're renting there, you have every right to also demand certain demand things. Demand certain things. Because it's now also your house. And I think this is what you often talk about, that with Airbnb people, like once you start yeah. Airbnb in your house, you need to make it guest-friendly. It's no. not that it's your house no. Yes, no. takes precedence because, no. the because they've given you money. Now it's Absolutely. a business. No longer it's a house. business. Yeah. And then yeah. you provide customer service in a business. Yeah. So this is such a good point. Thanks for making it's it, Mina. Yeah. And then my first takeaway was that she said um, she had to sell, she sold, she chose to sell up her land in Pretoria to raise the 20% for TAF. And one of the Ah. reasons she said was that the land was very expensive to keep because the rates were killing her, right? So it comes back to that whole thing that like, even an asset, if it's not generating your money, eventually becomes a liability. A liability. So you want to make sure that the asset starts actually making you money. Making money. And income for you. So this, uh, so that is my major, major takeaway from this. No, such a good point, and that's why when 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 mentees are beginners and they ask about, and there's a piece of land, mm-hmm. I ask, is it traditional land? Are you going to be paying any levies? Are you going to be maintaining this land while you somehow magically um, find funds 
to develop, right? So land necessarily does not come with income just like that. And I discourage my mentees from, if you own it already, that's fine, but have a look at it and don't get emotionally attached to yeah. an asset that's not bringing you cash. Exactly. Absolutely important one. Oh, then there are so many takeaways. I'm, I'm haggling with this one. So let's talk about how um, this one is very sensitive because in this week only, I have dealt with three mentees that were talking about financing the next thing in their property investment journey. Mm -hmm. So when she said TUF, T-U-H-F, the funder TUF yeah. levels the playing field. I yeah. thought, that's such a good point. That is such a good point. I have got mentees who have become despondent because someone told mm -hmm. them, you can't get banks to finance you building a cottage at the back. Mm -hmm. Banks don't like multi-tenants in, in yards. And I'm just like, excuse me, whose yard? They build two yeah. cottages all the time in these super-duper um, uh, suburbs. Another mentee is about to leave the country because she's so frustrated with not being financed by the big four. And she mm -hmm. thought that's the only place you find money. Yeah. So I really, for this podcast, this whole snippet about uh, Juliet explaining what TAF does and it levels the playing field. I think it's very important to know that there are nine mechanisms or more of financing, yeah. of financing um, properties. And guys, come to the mentorship, come and listen to how that happens. It's magic, but money is always there for property yeah. deals. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that, right? So then um, the other thing, the one thing that I took, the next takeaway for me was that um, in Kruger Stop, she rents out rooms, right? So right. She properties and she rents them out like rooms and what uh, and she's got these 10 units and she does that because she says that's what's in demand right now yeah. so what my takeaway from that is that sometimes you have the property and you may have a vision for it but also work with what is in demand in that particular in that place in that moment right and so she's since so she said well if you have 30 tenants and you've got a great uh, management company then it's not so much admin right so i uh, so that was my takeaway is that if rooms are what's going, then rooms are what's going in that particular neighborhood. And I've learned that, well, even though I'm not in the mood to do a per room thing yeah. in Korea, <laughs> but it is an option that- It is an option. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Know your market, know how to buy the deal and know your market and know, and what she's doing actually is maximizing income. Yeah. What's wrong with maximizing income? Yes, exactly. 25% of her income now is going to be paying the mortgage. The rest of it, she owns it. I love yes. that. I love that model. Yes, then the one that I'm going to talk about right now has got so little to do with property investing, but everything to do with property investing. Mm -hmm. I keep telling my mentees, sometimes they will dodge schools. You know, when we have a session, they don't turn up. 
or when they are supposed to respond about because they get scared that they didn't do the homework or, oh no, I haven't advanced and I promised the coach that I would do this. Now, Juliet speaks about what banks do to us. That rejection letter that says no at the bank, it evokes all sorts of emotions in our bodies. You feel snapped. You feel like you have to prove that you have enough money that you don't have. You, yeah. Your worth is questioned. And investing, if people could understand that, the reason we don't invest actually is because we feel so little about ourselves. Yeah. Our worth has been taken out a long time ago, guys. And, and it's so, so important. Your mindset mm -hmm. and how you come to property investing is what, what mostly I do and spend time on because don't worry about you're not doing it perfectly. Don't worry. There's nothing like doing it perfectly. Just come. Start investing in property. And don't feel snubbed. Come, let's show yeah. you how. Because we don't invest because we are perpetuating what we've been told. We are not good enough, too brown, too tall, too short, too whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I said one. Um, it's all our money mm. trauma and it goes into every aspect of our finances. It doesn't just stop with um, spending and debt. It goes even in terms of property, like how people won't allow themselves to uh, go into bigger property deals or team up with other people. That's a lot of like our own trauma. And it's not, you don't see it on the surface, yeah. but then what it's, how that money trauma plays out is that, oh, I can't even ask people for money. I can't ask people to come in on this deal because they'll think that I don't have money. All these things stop us from really expanding in terms of finances. Um, and then my next takeaway is how she talks about how she managed the agent with regard to tenants yes. and how to visit and how to and to see how things are at the property, right? So mm -hmm. I remember reading this somewhere that even property isn't a completely passive. Um, no, it's in, not. Right? It's like. Yes, it is passive in that you're not going to work a heck of a lot. And this is coming from me who has probably never seen any of my properties ever in like years. But if you have like a great agent and they do the work, then there's no need to manage them. But like mm -hmm. if you have a bigger units and you, you have agents that you know you're going to need uh, to work with them to get everything working like a well-oiled machine, then you've got to do all this work. And I mean, if it's only taking you four or five hours a month to go look at the property, to go check it out, to go inspect it, I mean, it's like four or five hours to make 48,000 Rand or 50,000 Rand a exactly. month or five exactly. hours of a month of work, it's not going to kill you. Even if it's 10 hours a month of work, it's not going to kill you. This is coming from Absolutely. someone, by the way, I do the least, guys. Like, <laughs> everyone knows, like for me to make a living and to make money, I do the bare minimum, right? Yeah. But even I'm like, no, you can give up five hours to go check, to talk to the real estate agent to make sure that you're making that money. 
So such a powerful lesson, I felt, yes, that you're I not just going to get the property and then check out and then hope that it will just make the income. You're going to dedicate a few Love hours. Love it. Property management is a whole module, guys. It can sink your business, totally sink your business, even with a property, with a, with a managing agent. Those yeah. people can dodge you and they will tell you that we can't find tenants when they are busy working for another landlord, one. But at the end of the month, they take their 8% or 10%, whether you have a tenant or not, right? Yeah. So we, we really, really need to pay attention to this. I love, yeah. love, love that. There's so many others, but we shall yeah. leave it there. <laughs> awesome. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Okay, so I am going to have Mizo start the first question with this uh, final segment with us, Juliet, her favorite question. <laughs> this, is my, this is my favorite segment and the favorite question is, Juliet, please share with us one book that changed your life. It can be a book on property, sure. If it's not, it can be a book on life, a, a fable or any book that changed your life. A book that changed my life is this one. Ah, Retire Rich <laughs> Through Property. Yes. I Jason B. Yes. Okay. Best. <laughs> awesome. That is my favorite book. Very simple to understand. Yeah. And, so yeah. on. and then another book. <laughs> yes. Tagamisa's book. The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Pease. I don't know P uh, Norman Pease. I've never heard of it. I've never I heard of him. Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Pease. But this is why we have the podcast, so we can yes. all these beautiful books. Absolutely. This is so amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. Everything which um, there is a saying, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I heard it from one of my lecturers years ago, which yeah. said, it goes like, whatever the mind conceives and believes, either way you are right. <laughs> you believe you can't, then you can't. Even if you believe you can, then you can. You yeah. absolutely can, yeah. So, my, uh, uh, and that, at first I was like, what is this guy saying, you know? I can't remember who is um, the author of that saying, but for me, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I always go back to that statement. When, when I think I cannot, then I'm like, why do I believe I cannot? Mm. I can. The only limitation for me is my thinking. Do mm. I think positive? Do I think negative? Mm. And with the power of the positive thinking, it has taught me to take away the negative thinking. I'm human. It's not that I don't think negative. Negativity comes every day. Yeah, but yeah. I try to 
keep positive and think that, you know what, you can make it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that has helped me to take away the fear. So I don't mind now I can go anywhere and make an offer of a 50 million, whereas I don't have a cent. I know. (laughs) I love that. The person can ask me, so where are you going to, how do you make an offer uh, offer to purchase a a property worth 50 million? It's because I don't have the fear. I know that if I want the 50 million and do my research and go out there and look for a funder, I will find a funder who will be willing to, to absolutely. Find. But you absolutely. see, if I believed that I couldn't or I can't get that 50 million, I wouldn't even make the offer. Then so I would have failed before, even if I tried. Exactly. I love So what me, I believe that. You can. Okay. Yes. Wow. I yes, love you can. so much. <laughs> okay. So what keeps you inspired? Um, you know what? There is this uh one um Steve Harvey. Yeah. You motivational talks. And that inspires me. It motivates me so much to think that. A person can be homeless three times mm. and be where he is today. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his stories, it's, it's quite amazing. It is a story, hey? Yeah. Did, you know. Did he sleep in his car or something? Yeah. Yes, he lived in his car for three years. I mean, <gasps> if he did it and he succeeded, what's stopping me? I'm not living in a car. Mm -hmm. And then one other thing as well, I'm seeing people succeed, you know, people who are making it. That also motivates me a lot. Um, You know, there are certain people when they see uh, people who are doing well and so on, then you find that others, they become jealous and feel that, Mm -hmm. They want to pull the person down. Me, for me, it motivates me. Not that I want to be better than that person. No, I want to be also one day the best of Juliet, who I can be. You know, maybe uh, I can be at par with that person. Of God willing, I could even be better. It doesn't matter. But I can be the best of who I am. You know, what I'm destined to be. Absolutely. Wow. So, Julia, oh my gosh, wait, you are here for bombs. What do you wish you had known or done before you did your first property investment, uh, Juliet? What are the things that you look back, you think, how? I I wish I had known that. Mm. I would say um, I wish my parents had taught me at an earlier age that property is not only having a house over your head and and just a a residential. I wish they would have taught me that that can be, um, you know, a a source of making money, you know, that can be a source of wealth. 
Because you look at a lot of rich people today, mostly, they, where is their wealth coming from? From property. I was never taught that. And therefore, I think I wasted a lot of time. You know, had my I beg your? <laughs> I'm saying my hand is up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so had I known that, I, I suppose probably um, when I started, I wouldn't have started and had my property as a residential property. I would exactly. have had it and made it to work for me from day one. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I think that, 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 that is the main thing. And, and also my regret is busy following other people's dreams. I wasted a lot of time. <laughs> busy doing, following caterings and stuff like that. I, I wish I would have known from day one that me, I'm a property person. I would be fine. Yeah. So I know there's nothing that annoys me like having losing focus and going all over the place. It's the first thing I ask all my clients and students. It's like when someone comes and says they are involved in five businesses, seven businesses. My first question is, when do you sleep? How how is it possible to run five or seven businesses? And how many resources is that pulling away from the main business? Exactly. You know. It's so powerful because you're one person. So if you split seven ways, you don't even get to really investigate and go deeper into the one thing that you're passionate about and do what I call like really expanding on profitability, you know, really milking the profitability of the one project that you're working with because you are seven different places. I suppose also maybe um, our education as well uh, contributes to that because, I mean, when you look at the curriculum, mostly we are not taught to be entrepreneurs. We are taught to go and work for somebody else. You taught that you must learn to do this and that and that. And then you go there and and, and, um, you, you do what you are supposed to be doing and get paid. Hence, a lot of uh, 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 youngsters are frustrated today because they've been groomed to work for somebody. And then now what happens if there's no somebody to hire them? They cannot think beyond to be entrepreneurs and start something on their own because they have never been groomed for that. Oh, that's such a powerful point. Oh, my gosh. In my case, you were rejected so often by the corporate world. You never got an opportunity to start a career. You just, from the jump, I had to, I've been running my own businesses. This is how I've lived in my life. You know, nobody would hire me. I'm like, why? Till this day, I want to know the truth. Well, I did work at a university for 18 months and then like, I figured out, we both figured out, me and the university, why I was never employed. (laughs) It was a hard learning for me and hard learning for them. They were like, yeah, this is why you know employment record and history. Yeah. And you see it, you see it now during COVID that the reason why most of us can't pivot and be something else now that the jobs have gone is because we were so groomed to slave for somebody else. You know, Mm. it is such a good programming. It's working. I hope whoever created it can see their project is successful in that way. Everyone tells you, oh, no, 
When COVID hits, you've got a pivot, but no one trained you to do that, right? To no. say, what else is next? What else can I do, right? It's very painful. You very make painful. such a powerful point. So this is the last thing, <laughs> this is the last add-on. This conversation, this is such an incredible conversation. Even yesterday, I was having dinner with a friend and he was explaining that people um, are having a hard time working virtually because most people haven't been trained how to do sales. So exactly. sales in South Africa don't know how to sell virtually from the mm-hmm. corporate space because they're so used to doing in-person sales. Now, I honestly have only ever sold virtually. So I am trying to figure out <laughs> What is the difference? Because there's really not a lot of difference, but a lot of it, I guess, is a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. You believe that people will only buy whatever you're selling if they see you or if they hear you on the phone. But even with the phone thing, he's like, I'm still going to coffees. I'm still meeting people. I'm like, right now in the time of COVID, we Mm -hmm. have to know how to pivot even in the skills within corporate. It's not just within um, our businesses. It's also adding new skills in corporate in how to do that. So, yeah, that's also why I've become so much more passionate about teaching people in my courses how to do sales virtually, because they actually, it's not as difficult as people think it is, you know, But but because of the way we've been educated around certain things, it becomes difficult. So, yeah. But that being said, uh, Juliet, how, what do you still think you need to learn within property? Sure. I think there's still lots to learn. Um, yeah. I'm still a small fry within the property space. Like I said, I dream big. I, I want to see myself as sure, you know, um, being a, a big property player within the space. So there is a lot to learn um, from people who have done it, from books, from whatever information. I appreciate each and every little information because there's certain things which you take for granted um, and, and, and of which they could be so helpful to uplift you. So um, I don't think uh, learning it's a waste of time because it can only add, you know, but it cannot take away what you, you have. You have. It can you only add. It can only take away rot. <laughs> what you did was wrong. <laughs> but you can, can only add and add. So I think I've still got lots and lots to learn. Okay. So the last, last question is, what property resource would you like to share with our listeners? Have you got any YouTube, a a book or a podcast or a video that you have found extremely helpful? Um, Any resource that you can share with our listeners? They must listen to Property Magician. (laughs) Thank you. We don't pay her for that, guys. <laughs> um, you know what? Um, I, I don't have a specific um, resource that I would recommend. Mm-hmm. All, I, all I can say is that, um, you know, the information is out there. We, we live 
during times of internet, there is so much, lots and lots of information out there. there and there are books out there. The only thing is for people to make time, whether to listen or to read. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, nobody's going to try and bring the information to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to go out there and look for information. And find it. And another thing which I recommend is that um, associate with like-minded people or people who are in the space that you'd like to be in. Because most of them, they've already have the knowledge. Some have, some that they don't have, they're just like you. But uh, all those people combined, you'd find that there's a wealth of knowledge within them. So some of the things that cannot be documented you can only learn by, you know, sharing uh, with, with with people. So um, I think having those networks and talking to people associated with the relevant people, then it, it will help a lot. And then we're living in a busy time. Everybody's running around to try and, you know, make ends meet. So if a person wants to know something, go out there, ask people, don't wait for people to come to you because you'll wait forever. They won't come. That's amazing. (laughs) uh, Juliet, how do people contact you? And one of my new questions that I'd like to ask people is like, what is your intention from this podcast? Are you looking for um, investors? Do you want to club with people? So put it out there because somebody's listening and they're looking for exactly you, you know? Mm-hmm. So what is your intention and how can people who have a similar intention um, get hold of you? Awesome question, Ben. That's what, that's what makes this podcast. You see, it grows on itself right here. She's, she's pivoted and she's introduced a new thing, guys. This is awesome. Nothing is ever planned in this podcast. Please go ahead, Juliet. Yes, tell us what you want. What do Me, you want? what I would like, um, like I said, I've got big dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And my limitation is one, it's money. Yeah. Mm. So... If there are people out there who are willing to borrow me money to pursue yeah. my dream, yeah, please, they must come forward. I will refund their money with interest. Nice. Yes. We love it. Nice. So I think that's all uh, uh, that I need. Um, and then, I mean, uh, I've got an eye for property. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, it's my passion. Um, you know, that's my hobby to, to look for property. When people are jogging, I jog in the internet looking for property. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my hobby. I am uh, able to identify properties which have got potential. My limitation is yeah. money. So if there are people who are willing, you know, like we were talking earlier on that you find that with your commercial banks, um, you know, sometimes they're not so forthcoming in terms of lending and so on. So uh, which makes that, you know, there must be a need for other additional funders out there, you know, in addition to your TAFs. So 
yeah, those are the people that I want. Mm. And um, I make I uh, uh, my dream come true through their money and they make their money out of me. Because when I repay them, I can repay them with interest. Absolutely. And a beautiful that better than they would find in a savings account in a bank. Absolutely. So how do people that are interested in working with you and funding your dreams get hold of you? My email address. Okay. Yeah. Miso, go ahead. Tell us again on the podcast in case someone that in case I don't get it to them. J dot Zinati P. Okay. J dot Zinati P. At the end P. Yeah, P at the end of Zinati at gmail.com. Okay. So guys, we're just gonna spell Zinati for you. Right, we have people from all over the world listening to this podcast. Yeah. Julie. So only sixty percent are South Africans, so we have to do the spelling. So it's J dot Z I N A T H I P at gmail dot com. Dot com. That's correct. Awesome. And you have a WhatsApp for people that they can uh, send you a WhatsApp message. I prefer um, emails. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. That's it on my end. Mizo, do you have anything else to ask? Juliet, <laughs> I met her on Facebook. You were as generous as you were on Facebook. And thank mm-hmm. you again for saying yes and, and just having faith in this podcast. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You gave us way, way beyond uh, property investing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Juliet. And thank you so much, Property Magicians. Thank you to my incredible, uh, gorgeous co-host, Mizo. I love the gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) She really is truly stunning, right? So I'm not just saying these things. You guys see her on Facebook and all that, right? So thank you so much. We will see you guys again next week. And we really hope you enjoyed this podcast and you reach out to Juliet. Can I just say something uh, before? What I would like to say is to encourage Mm -hmm. people out there Mm -hmm. who dream of being in the property space, not to be scared, to take away the fear Mm -hmm. and, you know, try and follow their dream. Mm-hmm. And go out there and look for funding and pursue their dream. Dream yeah. killers, avoid dream killers. Yes, you approach them. If they dream, dream, kill the dream, let them be and remain with their title of being dream killers and go and look for dream enablers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. it. I love it. So thank you so much, Juliet. And thank thank you you so much, property magicians. You've got the best advice today. Yeah. See you next week. Thank you for listening, property magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com 
or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money Group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthymoney.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.